Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the uh, drop-down menu to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also on jcim.net, you'll find a tab at the top of the page that says Lesson Sign Up. You can use that to sign up to receive both the daily text reading for the, for the day and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern, and today we are beginning again. Um, We'll be reviewing uh, both Lesson 1 today, since we had that yesterday, and it's so important to cover um, how meaning and sight are related to each other or not related to each other. So we'll review Lesson 1, nothing I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place means anything. And Lesson 2, I've given everything I see in this room, on this street from this window in this place, all the meaning that it has for me. And we're beginning at the very beginning with the Course in Miracles text where we'll be reading the introduction. And in the chapter one, Introduction to Miracles, Principles of Miracles, we'll be reading paragraphs one, Miracle Principle one through Miracle Principle 24 today. Okay. And by way of opening, I just thought this poem from David White was so appropriate for our new beginning. It's called Start Close In. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing, close in. The step you don't want to take. Start with the ground you know, the pale ground beneath your feet. Your own way to begin the conversation. Start with your own question. Give up on other people's questions. Don't let them smother something simple. Start right now. Take a small step you can call your own. Don't follow someone else's heroics. Be humble and focused. Start close in. Don't mistake that other for your own. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing close in the step you don't want to take. And that's the end of that poem. I liked it for new beginnings. Okay, here's our reading Thank list, you. my friends. Oh, sure. We have Lemoyne, Donna, Robin Marie, Jessica, and Micah. We're joined in listening this morning by Ida, Diana, Roz, Judy, and Chris. Has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Hi. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, Lori, I can't read today, but I'm here listening with you. Oh, oh. excellent. Glad you're here, Lana. Thank you. Alrighty. <clears throat> so, 
I think we'll stair-step as we usually do. And if we can follow the um, convention of, you'll notice in your book, there's a large number and a small number. The first small number refers to the paragraph. The large number refers to the miracle principle. So if we could begin by just saying uh, miracle principle one and follow that convention as we go through. It'll be easy for the first 30 days. Alrighty. So we begin with the introduction to A Course in Miracles. This is A Course in Miracles. It is a required course. Only the time you take it is voluntary. Free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum. It means only that you may elect what you want to take at a given time. Oh, good morning. What's okay. miracle? Introduction. This is a course in miracles. It is a required course. Only the time you take it is voluntary. Free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum. It means only that you may elect what you want to take at a given time. This course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Donna, if you'd like to read paragraph 2 through 5, please, in the introduction. Two. The Course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear. But what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. Three. This Course can therefore be summed up very simply this way. Four. Nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. Five, herein lies the peace of God. Thank you, Donna and Robin Marie. If you'd like to read uh, paragraph three through five in the introduction, and then roll us right into the Principles of Miracles, please, with principle one. Three, this course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. One, introduction to miracles. Principles of miracles. One, there is no order of difficulty among miracles. One is not... not quote, harder, unquote, or bigger, unquote, than another. They are all the same. 
all expressions of love are maximal. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica, one and two, please. Thank you. One, there is no order of difficulty among miracles. One is not harder or bigger than another. They are all the same. All expressions of love are maximal. Two, miracles as such do not matter. The only thing that matters is their source which is far beyond human evaluation. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay, Uh, two. Uh, Miracles as such do not matter. The only thing that matters is their source, which is far beyond human evaluation. Three. Miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is the love that inspires them. In this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. Thank you, Micah. And would there be a new reader then for three and four? This is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. Three. Miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is the love that inspires them. In this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. Four. All miracles mean life, and God is the giver of life. His voice will direct you very specifically. You will be told all you need to know. Thank you, Sandra. And a new reader for four and five. Okay, back to you. Oh, hi, Bryce. Go ahead. Uh, four, all miracles mean life. Or do I repeat three? Sorry. Uh, you would do four and five. Okay. So, all miracles mean life, and God is the giver of life. His voice will direct you very specifically. You will be told all you need to know. Five, miracles are habits and should be involuntary. They should not be under conscious control. Consciously selected miracles can be misguided. Thank you, Price. And another new reader for five and six. Ida will. Thanks, Ida. You're welcome. All right. Miracles are habits and should be involuntary. They should not be under conscious control. Consciously selected miracles can be misguided. Six, miracles are natural. 
When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. Thank you, Ida. Another new reader for six and seven. Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. Six. Miracles are natural. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. Seven. Miracles are everyone's right, but purification is necessary. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Donna. Seven. Miracles Miracles are everyone's right, but purification is necessary first. Eight. Miracles are a form of healing. They they supply a lack, and they are performed by those who temporarily have more for those who temporarily have less. Thank you, Donna. And Bravo Ray. Miracles are a form of healing. They supply a lack, and they are performed by those who temporarily have more for those who temporarily have less. Nine, miracles are a kind of exchange. Like all expressions of love, which are always miraculous in the true sense, the exchange reverses the physical laws. They bring more love both to the giver and the receiver. Thank you, Robert Marie and Jessica. Nine, miracles are a kind of exchange. Like all expressions of love, which are always miraculous in the true sense, the exchange reverses the physical laws. They bring more love, both to the giver and the receiver. Ten, the use of miracles as spectacles to induce belief is wrong, or better, is a misunderstanding of their purpose. They are really used for and by believers. Are you on mute, huh? Am I having trouble with my... There we go. (laughs) Thank you, Jessica and Micah. Okay. Uh, I I guess 10, right? Uh, The use of miracles as spectacles to induce belief is wrong or better, is a misunderstanding of their purpose. 
they are really used for and by believers. 11. Prayer is the medium of miracles. Prayer is the natural communication of the created with the creator. Through prayer, love is received, and through miracles, love is expressed. Thank you, Micah. And um, Sandra. Eleven. Prayer is the medium of miracles. Prayer is the natural communication of the created with the creator. Through prayer, love is received, and through miracles, love is expressed. Both miracles are thoughts. Thoughts can represent lower order or higher order reality. This is the basic distinction between intellectualizing and thinking. One makes the physical and the other creates the spiritual. And we believe in what we make or create. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. And uh, Bryce, are you able to read again? Sure. Thanks. Twelve miracles are thoughts. Thoughts can represent lower order or higher order reality. This is the basic distinction between intellectualizing and thinking. One makes the physical, the other creates the spiritual. And we believe in what we make or create. 13. Miracles are both beginnings and endings. They thus alter the temporal order. They are always affirmations of rebirth, which seem to go back but really go forward. They undo the past in the present and thus release the future. Thank you, Bryce. And Ida? Yes, I have the blue book, so if it's a little different, you'll understand. (laughs) Thirteen, miracles are both beginnings and endings, and so they alter the temporal order. They are always affirmations of rebirth which seems to go back but really go forward. They undo the past and the present and thus release the future. 14. Miracles bear witness to truth. They are convincing because they arise from conviction. Without conviction, they deteriorate into magic, which is mindless and therefore destructive, or rather, the uncreative use of mind. Thank you, Ida. And let's see, is there a new reader at this point for Miracle Principle 14 and 15? I'm in. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, Judy. 14. Miracles bear witness to truth. They are convincing because they arise from conviction. Without conviction, they deteriorate into magic which is mindless and therefore destructive, or rather, the uncreative use of mind. Fifteen, each day should be devoted to miracles. The purpose of time is to enable man 
to learn to use it constructively. Time is thus a teaching device and a means to an end. It will cease when it is no longer useful in facilitating learning. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And would there be another narrator then for 15 and 16? Okay, I'm going back to you. Each day should be devoted to miracles. The purpose of time is to enable man to learn to use it constructively. Time is thus a teaching device and a means to an end. It will cease when it is no longer useful in facilitating learning. 16. Miracles are teaching devices for demonstrating that it is more blessed to give than to receive. They simultaneously increase the strength of the giver and supply strength to the receiver. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Donna. 16. Miracles are teaching devices for demonstrating that it is more blessed to give than to receive. They simultaneously increase the strength of the giver and supply strength to the receiver. 17. Miracles are the transcendence of the body. They are sudden shifts into invisibility, away from the sense of lower order reality. That is why they heal. Thank you, Donna. And Robin Marie. Seventeen. Miracles are the transcendence of the body. They are sudden shifts into invisibility, away from the sense of lower order reality. That is why they heal. 18. A miracle is a service. It is the maximal service one individual can render another. It is a way of loving your neighbor as yourself. The doer recognizes his own and his neighbor's inestimable worth simultaneously. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. 18. A miracle is a service. It is the maximal service one individual can render another. It is a way of loving your neighbor as yourself. The doer recognizes his own and his neighbor's inestimable worth simultaneously. 19. Miracles make souls one in Christ. They depend on cooperation because the sonship is the sum of all the souls God created. Miracles, therefore, rest on the laws of eternity. 
not of time. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay. Um, Okay, miracles make souls one in Christ. They depend on cooperation because the sonship is the sum of all the souls God created. Miracles, therefore, rest on the laws of eternity, not of time. 20. Miracles reawaken the awareness that the spirit, not the body, is the altar of truth. This is the recognition that leads to the healing power of the miracle. Thank you, Micah. And Sandra. 20. Miracles reawaken the awareness that the spirit, not the body, is the altar of truth. This is the recognition that leads to the healing power of miracle, of the miracle. 21. Miracles are natural expressions of total forgiveness through miracles Man accepts God's forgiveness by extending it to others. Thank you, Sandra. And Bryce? 21. Miracles are natural expressions of total forgiveness. Through miracles, man accepts God's forgiveness by extending it to others. 22. Miracles are associated with fear only because of the fallacious belief, fallacious belief that darkness can hide. Man believes that what he cannot see does not exist and his physical eyes cannot see in the dark. This is a very primitive solution and has led to a denial of the spiritual eye. The escape from darkness involves two stages. Uh-oh. Do I read all of this? I think so. Yeah, go ahead. A recognition that darkness cannot hide. The step usually entails fear. And the recognition that there is nothing you want to hide. Even if you could, the step brings escape from fear. Thank you, Bryce. And then Ida, if you'd like to read... uh, 21 through paragraph 24. Okay. 21. Miracles are natural signs of forgiveness. To miracles you accept God's forgiveness by sending it to others. 22. Miracles are associated with fear because of the belief that darkness can hide. You believe that what your physical eyes cannot see does not exist. This leads to a denial of spiritual sight. 23. Miracles rearrange perception and place all levels in true perspective. This is healing because sickness comes from confusing the levels. 24. Miracles enable you to heal the sick and raise the dead because you made sickness and death yourself and can therefore abolish both. You are a miracle, capable of creating in the likeness of your creator. 
Everything else is your own nightmare and does not exist. Only the creations of light are real. Thank you, Ida. And I think we were going to finish today with paragraph 24, um, which extends the idea that miracles are associated with fear only because of the fallacious belief that darkness can hide. This is a primitive solution that has led to denial of the spiritual eye. The escape from darkness involves two stages. A, the recognition that darkness cannot hide. This step usually entails fear. And B, the recognition that there is nothing you want to hide, even if you could. This step brings escape from fear. And that's where we'll end it for today. And let me see, check the time here. As to whether or not, we're not quite at the top of the hour. So let me announce again that uh, Fran is staying with her daughter since she had surgery last week, but anticipates being home sometime this week when she can lead our lesson reflections again at the top of the hour. But in the interim, Today we'll be looking for a volunteer that can lead us through the lesson reflection of both lesson one yesterday and lesson two, today's lesson, as they are encapsulated in the summary paragraphs that are given in lesson 51. So if you could be thinking about whether or not you'd like to, just simply lead, those, uh, lead us with those two paragraphs from Lesson 51, that would be great. And for now, the floor is open. Thank you. This is Donna. Um, <clears throat> when, when 18 was read, Miracle 18 was read, Two things happen. I realized, oh, that's the that's the uh, miracle that happened when I began to see my neighbors as myself and pray for them that way. And then the second thing that came was, it's too bad that I didn't know this miracle better, and I would stop cu- cussing the guys out when I'm trying to get on freeway. I am complete. Hello, thanks, Donna. That's great. Uh, this is Sandra. <clears throat> Just something that caught my eye was uh, the last uh, two paragraphs, A and B. The recognition that darkness cannot hide. This step usually entails fear and the recognition that there is nothing you want to hide, even if you could. This step brings escape from fear. And for me, this is about transparency. That I have nothing to hide. Because I'm willing to make a mistake and I'm willing to be wrong. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, yeah. Sandra. This is Donna again. I just saw uh, in my book, there's a little one. <clears throat> 
over the spiritual eye, and um, I just noticed that one. <laughs> the one down there, the term spiritual eye is later replaced by the Holy Spirit, and the physical eye becomes the ego. The emphasis on the two ways of seeing, however, remains throughout. Note, this footnote by the scribe is contained in the original 1972 manuscript. I just thought that was, that was important to me. I agree. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting to me that I would randomly be selected to read that paragraph. Um, it's the only miracle principle that I, when I read it, I had some challenge with, and I highlighted it in yellow. And the challenge I had with it was my own secrets. Certainly, um, those of you who've had an encounter with AA know that it's only your secrets that keep you sick. Um, it's what the Holy Spirit would reveal to me is all sickness is the belief that you're alone and you can hide in your being alone. And the, the grace today that's extended to me by getting to read this is the relief that comes when one has began to feel the escape from that sense of being alone and um, finds in its place a light that um, is shining into that darkness and that that physical eye that believes in darkness um, is not real. Neither the physical eye that um, we found to be the false witness to darkness um, recently watching the chosen and um, coming in to an encounter of the word as the light that shone in the darkness and the darkness uh, could not comprehend it, <laughs> comprehended it not. And another version that we heard was uh, darkness did not prevail, did not prevail, which I, I, um, I like as it relates to this lesson. And particularly, I like that interpretation because it it really shows that the um, the ideas of the ego which would hold me in an illusory state of isolation and separation uh, cannot ultimately prevail against the love that is offered as a counterpoint to fear that um, by the grace of our loving self um, would emphasize its connection 
without any belief in separation. And that is, to me, the beautiful wonder of this miracle-working medium through this call that there are no there is the physical eye is absent from this call there is no separation temptation on this call except for those who I've met <laughs> who I've projected imaginary ideas uh, onto you that were only the false ideas that I thought I could hide <laughs> by the love and grace of God today, that darkness cannot prevail against the love of God which casts out all fear. I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Bryce. Really great. Thank you, Bryce. I'm glad you're on this call, Bryce. Thanks. Mm. Sweet. Oh, this is Micah. Bryce, there, it was uh, something you you were stating at the beginning about separation. And um, I could, you know, and that's where our suffering comes from. And it was nice because uh, it brought an awareness of, you know, to the moment of this feeling of I, I was having private thoughts and and that was creating I realized a sense of pain on a very on a subtle level but very obviously and and then uh, it reminded me your, your share reminded me of this experience where uh, we were reading the Course in Miracles, a few of us, and, and it was we came to the idea of perfect communication was going on, you know, right now. <laughs> and and at first there was an, kind of a, um, an, an, uh, a resistance because I had had a subtle kind of form of judgment or discernment going on about the voices and the people and... And I thought, well, I don't want to share that mind. I don't want that mind to be in perfect communication. And, uh, but what I realized is something opened up to this perfect communication going on right now was that the, as the mind opened up to be, being a unified mind, that those thoughts that can only grow and fester in a sense of a separate mind suddenly started to dissolve completely in the experience of this realm of uh, an open, unified kind of communication and harmony started to come. And our sense, the illusion of a sense of separation is a form of our suffering. It really is. And it's totally unnecessary. But uh, anyway, thank you. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Excellent. That was beautiful. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. This is Robin Green. Thank um, I am uh, slightly confused about um, five. 
miracles are habits and should be involuntary. They should not be under conscious control. Consciously selected miracles miracles can be misguided. Um, I don't quite understand that. I think um, that we consciously ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and then we consciously (laughs) do what we hear. So I'm wondering if anyone could clarify that. Good question, Robin Marie. And um, I wonder if we can take that. Are you are you going to be here with us for a little bit yet? Yes. Okay. Maybe we'll take that right into um, our dialogue after the top of the hour, and see okay, if it cool. become a little more clear after that. Um, Thank you. It's an excellent question. Very excellent question. Um, so. Has anyone given thought to whether or not they'd like to lead our reflection this morning? Any volunteers? Very simple. Um, We'll just be reading the summary captions that go with these first two lessons as it's given in Lesson 51. This is Sandra. I get a volunteer. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. Okay, I just have to pull up Lesson 51 in my book. Okay. All right, so before I do that, let's do a little bit from the um, introduction. This is a course in miracles. It is a required course. Only the time you take, only the time you take it is voluntarily. Free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum. It means only that you may elect what you want to take at a given time. This course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Nothing I see means anything. The reason this is so is that I see nothing, and nothing has no meaning. It is necessary that I recognize this, that I may learn to see. What I think I see now is taking the place of vision. I must let it go by realizing that it has no meaning, so that vision may take its place. Let's take a minute and just contemplate that, and then we'll go to lesson two. Lesson two. I have given what I see all the meaning it has for me. I have judged everything I look upon, and it is this 
and only this that I see. This is not vision. It is merely an illusion of reality because my judgments have been made quite apart from reality. I am willing to recognize the lack of validity in my judgments because I want to see. My judgments have hurt me and I do not want to see according to them. Take a minute, contemplate that. Nothing I see means anything. I have given what I see all the meaning it has for me. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, maybe for those of us who've been through the course a few times, uh, I don't know if uh, anyone's ha- having this experience. Uh, uh-oh, I'm getting a loop. Uh, Ida, I, want, I think you were speaking. Why don't you speak, and I'll hold my tongue in a minute. Okay. Were you going to well, say something, Ida? Okay. No, this is no I, was, I was finished. I didn't have anything else to say. <laughs> I was going to say something. Oh, oh sorry. Thanks, sorry. Yeah. Um, I love these lessons because they're about taking full responsibility, that I have full responsibility for whatever I want to experience. And, and I can choose. It's responsibility and it's freedom all at the same time. I get to choose what I want for an experience and I can choose again and again and again. And so I'm responsible for my own experience. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Yes, thank you, Sandra. This is Jude. Good morning, everybody. I just, um, there's so much in the the principles, the miracle principles, but um, in, you know, saying Happy New Year and um, starting at the beginning, um, like I've never been here before, and opening my mind and my heart to what I have yet to learn, what I don't know is everything, because the past is totally forgotten, and I'm, I'm going for it. So um, the miracles are my thoughts, and that I see the world as I am. From the inside, I look out, and that's the way I see the world. It's not that I see the world, and, it, and vice versa. But um, what was the one thing that, oh, about transcending the body and the, the way that it talks about light and darkness and 
how you know we've been through through the text and heard that perception of form is is always deceiving and that we deceive ourselves by perceiving form and not the light that vision sees the light um, so transcending be, being invested in what my body's uh, my body body's eyes see because I can't judge what's invisible right <laughs> You're in inestimable, undefinable, limitless, unlimited, boundaryless, formless spirit, full of love, and loving and, and lovable. And I can't estimate what that is, but if I see you at the body, as the body, I'm judging you. So, um, you know, the beginning, coming back to the beginning of the lessons, and I love it in, in Principle 22, where it says, um, talks about fear, that fear, perception, perception is a faulty, um, how, do, how do I put this into words? Um, it's, perception is a, 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 a faulty interpretation of reality because we are not form. So, um, it's fearful to look through the eyes of perception. It's a fearful way of looking and seeing things, even though we may not think so, even though we may define a name and label and think the word is the thing, we're not perceiving reality as God created it. So um, this miracles are associated with fear uh, because of the fallacious beliefs that darkness can hide. Like, the light's going to shine. If you see through the eyes of light that we are the light, the way, and the truth, looking through those eyes, through God's eyes, we don't see any darkness. And that's the miracle, that we're all a miracle, that there is no darkness. That can hide. <laughs> so this is wonderful to me. And that... Uh, Man believes that what he cannot see does not exist. Um, you know, that um, physical eyes cannot see. So that's a primitive solution and has led to the denial of us seeing through vision. So, you know, what if we... And I love what um, Sandri said about um, transparency, the transparency of being of spirit, and that I am happiness, that I am joy, that I am beauty itself, that I am peace itself, that I am happiness itself. That These things are transparent. You can't grasp them or hold them. You can just know them by being them. And that's what that transparency um, of being means to me, the incredible intimacy and transparency of it that's unified with everything and being one with it but the um the word primitive <laughs> that um we can we can uh, use lose our investment in the perception of form in order to heighten our spiritual awareness and it's it's the um all expressions of love are maximal. They're all equal and no order of difficulty. Uh, 
this is just great stuff. I'm, I'm rambling now. I'll stop. But thank you all for being here. And, and again, happy new year. Thank you, Judy. This is Donna. From one, I see nothing and nothing has no meaning. What I see. So what I see with my eyes is what only seems to be. So that, that, that fit Miracle 22 for me. And then um, number two, um, on judgment, um, also 22 worked and 21. <clears throat> but um, on judgment, last sentence says my judgment. So my, my judgment maintains the world I see, and I'm seeing nothing. So uh, 21 is leading me to um, non-judgment. By non-judgment, then it lets vision be revealed so we see what's really there. And I think this will help me understand uh, five better as well. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. That puts us back to Robin Marie's question about, um, let's see if I can get it right here. Miracles are habits. They should be involuntary, consciously controlled. Miracles can be misguided. Um, and what you said just now, Donna, um, is the way I see that also. Um, because my ordinary everyday consciousness is is actually um, well without the atonement is um, a statement of lack perception itself is um, actually a statement of lack and it, that's true because what he's contrasting in the lesson both lesson one and lesson two is the difference between seeing or perception. Seeing with the physical eyes is actually a separated state. And everything I perceive with my physical eyes uh, does not include the magnificence and the grandeur of holiness. Okay? The contrast then is between seeing or perception what I see with my body's eyes and what the Holy Spirit offers me is vision where everything I perceive or see with healed eyes is healed and holy. That's the contrast. So the reason I see nothing is because relying on the body's eyes is actually a perceptual state of lack. Um, it's a conditioned reality that we all share. All egos have been conditioned into this way of seeing, but it's not the splendor and the grandeur of holiness. Remember in chapter 21, he says, everything 
seen with vision is healed and holy and nothing seen without vision means anything at all so coming back to the question of consciously directed miracles can be misguided if I'm relying on just my body's eyes I'm relying upon judgment because the body's eyes or perception is all based on the conditioned reality um, which is not reality the conditioning of the dream that we all have a consensual agreement to share I'm not alone in uh, seeing the effects of my thoughts remember and because it's a state of lack and a state state based on judgment judgment coming from lack uh, if I'm using my body's eyes to uh, try to consciously direct a miracle what I'm really doing is step one I see that you have a lack step two I'm going to offer you a correction and step three do it like this um, that's trying to consciously direct a miracle but it's based on correcting someone else's misperception miracle by contrast recognizes that there is no error my brother is as holy as I am our holiness is shared and the relationship that we've been given in creation is a loving constant changeless relationship that's the nature of truth and when a miracle impulse arises in me um, it's an impulse of communication from holiness itself so you were absolutely right when you said how does the Holy Spirit see this it's not a consciously directed my separate mind directed thing that results in a miracle because the best I can do is correct my brother if I'm seeing with my body's eyes that's the best I can do but if I see it with spiritual sight through the eyes of the Holy Spirit my brother is already healed and holy there's no judgment that I can make upon that and what will arise in me is a sense of sharing and a sense of joining with the holiness I share with my brother you said something exactly like that when you were talking Bryce that um, and you did too Micah perception is is the private world um, where everything I see is based on my experience in the past and the associations that I made with this that and the other on a selective basis what attracts me more what's more in line with my personal values what's an opinion um, and all that sort of thing but when the spiritual eye is awakened how does he say reawaken in miracle principle 20 miracles reawaken the, the awareness that the spirit not the body is the altar of truth this is the recognition that leads to the healing power of the miracle because my brother and I share the same altar and when I have withdrawn my judgments which form the basis of what my body's eyes can see when I've withdrawn my my judgments forgiveness naturally occurs it's the error that was in my mind that's withdrawn and truth can be projected to my mind from the altar of, of holiness from the Holy Spirit through my Holy Spirit 
um, has nothing to do with judgment at all and everything to do with an impulse to join and share um, truth. I hope that was was clear. I think the contrast in, in five that he's trying to make is uh, if I'm operating from perception, my impulse will be to correct my brother. And that's the conscious impulse. Unconsciously, I'll be seen with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Sorry yeah, that thanks. went on. Too many words, but... No, yeah. it was fine. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It was an excellent question. I love that walk through uh, through through all that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you. Um, I was guided to... Uh, we're going to get a loop here. Let me get out here. Um, to chapter 30, the new beginning, uh, where it... It's talking about the rules for decision, um, and it's the goal of of uh, the rules for decision is to help lead you from dreams of judgment to forgiving dreams and out of pain and fear. Uh, it says, okay, sorry, I was getting my echo with Wendy again. Um, anyway, it says there that. Um, we seek to make them habits now, so you will have them ready for whenever you need. But, and then in the beginning of Rules for Decision, it says decisions are continuous. You do not always know when you're making them. But with a little practice, with the ones you recognize, a set begins to form which sees you through the rest. It's not wise to let yourself become preoccupied with every step you take. The proper set adopted consciously each time you wake will put you well ahead. Um, and, of course, I can't skip uh, the important part for me in Rules for Decision where it says, today I will make no decision by myself. And this means that you're choosing not to be the judge of what to do. But it must also mean you will not judge the situations where you will be called upon to make response. And that's what that... Uh, idea really helps me to comprehend is that my natural man's perception approach uh, is one of isolation. It doesn't join with the proper uh, view of reality that I recently heard said, everything is already all right. Um, if I think something's wrong, I'm I'm likely to try to project a miracle where it's not even needed <laughs> and complete. Oh, thanks, Bryce. Bryce, that's very interesting what you just said at the end about projecting a miracle where it's not even needed because everything's already all right. Thank you. This is Donna. I'm back in the lesson again. And in one is the word means, and in two is the word meaning. And and uh, that brings clarity to five for me because everything that um, miracles are habits and should be involuntary, if we look out and, and looking for where to use a miracle and not understand that every 
things that we look out upon, we already have a meaning for it. So if we attempt uh, actual doing this work <laughs> without it being um, actually being done by the Holy Spirit, then it, that's how we get caught up with, oh, yeah, let me do this miracle. Oh, yeah, this is what's wrong here, blah, blah, blah. And we got that busy voice in our head. And I'm actually working on not having any kind of uh, dialogue in my head um, or my human mind and not not being empty, but it's a kind of a quiet, still place. And I just assume if I maintain that and try to let that be a habit, which isn't yet, but that is how the miracle is done through us. So we're the vehicle, but not the creator of it. I am complete. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Hello, this is Charles here. I'd like to start with the lessons one and two because it's my first introduction to the course was the introduction to inquiry. I am so isolated in my own judgments and isolated myself in my own understanding of what I'm seeing. And lesson one and lesson two start opening up the idea of inquiring, inquiring the meaning that I've given everything and the what is it that I'm, truly what what is truly meant by all this it's it really starts to get me as the workbook goes along in the state of not being sure anymore of what i'm seeing not being sure that i'm alone in what i see is there more to life than meets the eye and being someone new to the course back many years ago I was very confident in what I thought, what the meaning of everything was. And as I started reading into this, it was sort of my introduction into inquiry. It sort of opened me up a bit more and felt less sure, which then made things a lot more awkward in my life. My confidence level went down, and I really felt a need to enter into relationship, into communion. So this is my introduction to communion, you might say, internally, instead of looking outside for answers. What is the real essence of what really is. And after these many years and realizing that the body is a, a perceptual instrument, the eyes they see with signals and we're vibrational beings. We pick up vibrations and the minds receive them. And if the mind is open, then it is open to realize that if the mind is closed, then it makes its own judgments and sees itself as alone and cut off from everything else. 
So I truly appreciate these lessons for what they've opened me up to and and the continuing lessons that follow. But when I first opened the book and read that, it was like, okay. I looked about. I didn't really quite understand what I was getting to. I didn't really quite understand. It took a few years before it really started to sink in, applying myself. And uh, as I look back now, I can truly, truly appreciate the gentleness that these lessons offered a choice, a choice I probably previously didn't understand because I was young and arrogant in my way. And this I give thanks. Thank you, everyone. Amen. Amen. That was so Thank nice. You, Paul. Thank you, Charles. Thank you so much, Charles. Really enjoyed that. This Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Charles. This is Lemoyne. I didn't want to answer Robin Marie, thinking she might be about to leave. Um, that, and it's it's spurred by um, talk of using miracles. You know, a miracle is not a thing. Uh, the miracle is actually. Well, like it detects the the the, <laughs> the miracle of creation is this: it is one forever. You know that the miracle is something more like the correct perception of the whole after long practice <laughs> ignoring <laughs> ignoring reality. Um, <clears throat> I added that last bit, but you know the the, the the question is, what if this thing about our miracles or habits should be involuntary, not be under conscious control, consciously selected miracles can be misguided. Um, and what, uh, it's a little further in, in this, well, okay, first there's 18. A miracle is a service. Okay, it's not a thing. It's, an, it's the natural action of life. And, and it's the maximal service one individual can render another because it, it uh, recenters, you know, an interaction or a situation offered, anyway, to recenter a situation on what's eternal and abolish fear and allow free choice within the situation. Um, and, you know, it, as it says here in 18, the doer recognizes his own and his neighbor's inestimable, inestimable worth simultaneously. That, I, I'm trying to get it, there's one more part of this, that, the miracle here is from, from principle 43 in paragraph 70. It says, the miracle is thus a sign that the mind has been cho- has chosen to be led by Christ in his service. That <clears throat> this is uh, 
in 44, they arise from a miraculous state of mind, that they are a present moment response um, and, and simply what is in terms of how it actually works, how the how creation actually is, uh, work is a little bit, a little bit of form, you know, how creation continues love creating endlessly like itself, is it can be both natural and creative, uh, but conscious selection um, it may, is prone to the error of placing the spirit in service to the mind when I think the proper alignment with the text called for is to place mind in service to spirit. And body is always, you know, service to the other two and will follow them. But the mind fractures and may, may decide, you know, choose to decide on its own what a spirit to accept. And accepting the wholeness, it just becomes a natural thing where that what there is to do. Just the recognition. Um, I, you know, I, I hope that the miracle, any miraculous change in my perception is just the correct perception of a part of all of creation, which itself is one miracle. So it's that, in that state, it, they flow, but if we try to pick them then inevitably some form of judgment is likely to creep in through putting them under the control of the mind. It should be under the control of the spirit, the heart, of our being. That was very good. Thank you, Lemoyne. Very clear. Yes, it was. Thanks, Lemoyne. Uh, this is this is Micah. Real quick before Robin Marie has to go. Um, yeah, it reminded me. Uh, I'm glad you brought up that question. But miracles are habits and should be involuntary. Uh, it, yesterday, I have a name when I'm at the gallery. Uh, when somebody walks by, uh, the way the desk is set up, I can see people walking on the walkway outside the gallery. The name is every time somebody walks by, I have a little pamphlet of Blessing My Brothers quotes, is, is to read one of those. Um, and um, sometimes you can get pretty busy just doing that. And, uh, and um, in, in a sense, it almost doesn't seem involuntary. It seems like kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a, an aim. Uh, and, but I, I think in the end, it does create a habit. And I, I, I really appreciated, Lori, what you were saying. It's, a, it's about a, a vision of our brother's complete holiness and perfection, the way they are. And, and most of the quotes I was, would, would meditate on as I worked my way through the, the list of quotes were, were stating exactly that, like, I'll just read a couple. 
And what I noticed was my perceptions of who I was, what time space was, who these bodies were walking around, uh, would shift as I would meditate on these passages, would, would shift and uh, the whole scene would be elevated into a kind of glowing oneness, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't so much that I was determining which uh, you know, there wasn't a feeling of a mica determining which miracle to do. You know, like, oh, I'm going to heal that broken arm or, you know, that um, that flaw and that. You know, it was, it was just seeing, again, like um, Lloyd pointed out, this perfection. So, um, let's see here. Like, there is no false appearance but will fade if you request a miracle. There is no pain from which he, your brother, is not free if you would have him be but what he is. Why should you fear to see the Christ in him? You, you but behold yourself in what you see. As he is healed, you are made free of guilt, for his appearance is your own to you. And then... Um, Another one, accept, accept your brother as his father accepts him and heal him unto Christ. For Christ is his healing and yours. And there, there's another line from Jesus that where he says, let the light in your mind shine into his. And I, you know, that's, that's where I let go. It's like, I, you know, I, I don't want to be the doer there, but I do want to look, have my awareness, that lens of awareness turn in that direction of feeling this phenomena of the light in my mind. You know, there's a light in my mind right now, and to have it shine into yours. And then, then I just passively sit back and watch like the Holy Spirit or the higher self doing this light shining into, into this one mind. Uh, I don't know how to do that, but I can watch. And it's, uh, it's quite, quite wonderful. And um, let's see, what else is there? Um, yeah, consciously selected miracles can be misguided. It, it was more, uh, again, of just... Feel, you know, feeling this this holiness that that is here. And um, now the lesson. Let me see if I have time to do this. Um, and you got to be quick. Uh, the the lessons I I enjoyed because they were. Um, you know, I've given everything I see in this room. You know, it, all the meaning it has for me, and then uh, nothing I see in this room. Uh, means anything, I, re I, I really felt like as I encompassed and meditated on those ideas, I was letting go of the ego. The ego was dissolving because the ego is this lens that is discerning and, and evaluating and interpreting. That's what it does. And to suddenly be like, you know, it doesn't mean anything. I could literally feel this melting of, a, of that self uh, in a sweet and gentle way. 
And Jesus does, he's waking us up very gently. Uh, anyway, I'm done. Thanks. That was a really excellent description of the transition, Micah. Thank you for that. Yes, and thank you for, you know, blessing everyone with those wonderful words. Thanks. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> uh, this is Bryce. Um, sometimes when I uh, go through the lessons, uh, Again, I, I kind of was uh, wanting to speak about this earlier. Um, I'm drawn to the difference, a different way of experiencing the lesson uh, when it's seen again after a year. <laughs> and uh, I, I had an experience of an alternative uh, that I felt was not one that I was expecting, and it was a different meaning uh, of the self uh, and the use of the word I. Um, What I am I seen with? Um, And that's... There's a different experience entirely with the lesson, I feel, when the I is not the separate sense of oneself, uh, but the spiritual I, uh, which with vision... um, is a is a is a whole new way of seeing, and meaning is uh, is one, and and the sense that each item has uh, a value over another, or is uh, seen in one way or another differently, is what, in my observation today was the call to see it all uh, as one and uh, from from its connection rather than its separation. And and it was a bit of a surprise uh, to feel uh, not resistant to these lessons in any way, but here... uh, hear a different voice uh, giving all the meaning it has. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you, Bryce. It's excellent, excellent to focus on meaning. This is Jessica, and I love this. I love the beginning of the book and all the descriptions of miracles. When the first time I read them, I was overwhelmed and couldn't couldn't because I was doing it by myself. I just was like, "Oh my God, what does any of this even mean?" But what strikes me today um, as so important and 
I can say that I have experienced this, is that when I really let go into the being of oneness, the truth of the miracles being natural is born home to me. It feels like almost every step I take is a miracle when, <laughs> when I am able to be in that state of being of oneness and blessing and um, knowing that I am not alone and that I am one with everything and everyone, that's when I really feel the truth of these statements about miracles are natural. It's when I'm in the trust and I'm not in fear and I'm not needing to protect myself from anything then the miracles are natural and not at all conscious. <laughs> Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Yeah, I get to share something for Wendy and observing her getting emotional every time uh, we shared the introduction, either together when we first read it this morning, uh, and then each time it was reread, I got to see Wendy's uh, heart uh, expressing itself through her emotions and her response to how meaningful uh, that experience was. I, too, the first time I read that, uh, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. Um, I had a a real uh, uh, mind-opening experience that almost uh, felt like a guarantee that this book would provide an answer to the longing of my heart, which was to know reality in a way that... uh, I didn't even recognize at the time I had lost uh, from my awareness um, and the peace of God, which is uh, provided in that uh, recognition of reality. Uh, Even recently through uh, my exposure to uh, what Donna shared with us uh, in a book called Beyond the Dream, uh, just a different, having different words and symbols to assist us to find our home, uh, our, you know, all these different symbols that represent assurance. And anyway, I'm just really grateful that I have uh, a group of friends that are continuously uh Minding themselves with me of uh, the truth that sets us free. And I'm so grateful to be able to be a part of our gathering this morning. And uh, I would love to hear Wendy's voice. She's still hanging with us. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. I'd love to hear Wendy's voice, too. 
Uh, she's on another uh, call, uh, possibly with a friend that she's arranging to meet this morning. But, uh, uh, I'm, I I'm here. I just was muted. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. Happy, happy, happy new year. Happy new us. Happy new earth. It's a little bit of a challenge to just let my whole history drop away as though it never existed. But the promise of the new is so attractive and so potent in terms of really finding true happiness as opposed to whatever I conjured up as true happiness. Um, so I'm going to share something Spirit gave me this morning. Okay, it is with God's blessings we greet you and we say, decidedly, to be decidedly anything, one must have their mind, quote, made up, unquote. When the mind has predetermined anything, it has closed itself off to other possibilities, options, ideas. It is best to be decidedly in love with God and present to that one. Beyond that, life needs not be decidedly anything. There are so many presumptions one lives with in a dualistic thought system that recognizing what is in the highest good is nearly impossible. Decidedly is like presumption. Living within God requires a very open mind, receptive and not decided. When you are making a decision, then you can be certain there will be a shortfall in what can be decided for the human mind is operating from many, many self-imposed limitations. It is for you to practice this open-mindedness consciously. Pay attention to where you're acting decidedly before you've inquired with your higher self. Look at your presumptions and question them. This is the way I have always done this, but perhaps there is something better. I will inquire. Oh God, what is the highest good option here that I may not be aware of? Help me expand my awareness of your ways by inquiring always first with you. All is well. Um, and it was followed by another uh, message to me about how I behaved last night. Um, I went to a little dinner party uh, with a friend who I have, a, you know, kind of a, he's a guy who seems like a really good guy, but he's had a terrible time finding a girlfriend. And I don't know what it is in his thinking that creates it, but I'm, I've been rooting for him and trying to find somebody that he could go out with and, you know, trying to, trying to help. <laughs> so, he had cooked a whole dinner for everybody. We were invited knowing dinner was going to be offered and everybody left before dinner was served. And I, I knew how I would have felt if I had spent some time trying to prepare something nice for other people and then they just <laughs> didn't, they ignored it, you know, kind of. And I, I spoke out loud to him my judgment about that. I spoke out loud to Bryce my judgment about that. And then I get this message. 
which is basically saying you're not really seeing the holiness in any of those guests. You are using your judgment, which you you see as a defense of a you know a, a friend, and that that's a goodness. I'm, I'm defending my friend who might have had his feelings hurt, but I'm recognizing now that there's a higher relationship and this idea that everything is already okay it's only me that isn't seeing it yet (laughs) and that i need to shift my dream into a, a strong intention to recognize the divinity in everyone and only be aware uh what how did it say it here uh receptive but not decided and I was decidedly decided last night, and, and it was kind of a, having cold water thrown on me to recognize you were judging, you know that's not supposed to be okay, and um, you were defending, again, not a, not a good idea, but recognizing, shifting all of this back to the awareness that only God is real, and that's all I'm looking for. I'm complete. Oh, that was excellent, Wendy. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks for taking my lessons for me, friend. I'm, I get to fortunately share in these with Wendy and, uh, and her humility and willingness to share with us. Excuse me, I just want to... See my friend, I'm on the phone, didn't want to finish my calls. Everything all right? That's fine. At a dead end, and so he doesn't come back to you. Here, that's why I was wondering. Okay, yeah, I'm about to see Don. He lives here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Sorry, I just had a police officer come and ask me why I was parked. (laughs) At the end of the back. And, uh... So everything is already all right, but he didn't know that. So uh, (laughs) I was just saying um, the privilege of getting to share these lessons with Wendy and her humility and willingness to offer up her lessons. Thank you, Wendy. I'm complete. Oh, thank both of you. Really? the way you... um contrast the thought system of separation and the thought system of truth highlighting um, it's only truth I want that's beautiful thank you yeah thank you so much Wendy for sharing that it's such a blessing Anybody ever had a police officer kind of shake their uh, paranoia loose? Uh, I yeah. didn't realize I had any, uh, but the surprise <laughs> of that experience uh, just gave witness to my innocence, but my body said otherwise <laughs> for a minute. Oh, that was fun. Phew. I'm going uh, but- for an acu- acupuncture uh, uh and that's, you know, I was waiting outside this guy's uh, entryway uh, before I pulled, you know, came in. And 
uh, I'm glad I'm coming to let some energy, uh, bottled up energy out. So um, I, I got a, a little preparatory uh, uh, finding of where those pressure points are in my body because everywhere I tensed up now is like saying, oh, there's a place that needs to be healed. I wonder what messages I've stored there. Anyway, thank you for uh, being part of this journey with me. I feel like I'm always uh, encountering something to share with the call that's a little bit crazy. I'm complete. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. This has been a great call. And... um, I thank everyone for their willingness this morning to uh, share experiences of um, shifts in perception. Uh, Sandra, I really enjoyed what you said about I'm willing to be wrong and I'm willing to be corrected. Um, Because uh, it turns out way back at, I can't remember if it's the 17th question or, or what in part two of the workbook, it's after lesson 304, right before lesson 341, what is a miracle? And the first sentence in that, in that uh, little five-paragraph essay is a miracle is a correction. And so um, maybe uh, the thing I want to highlight the most this morning is that there are two thought systems. And in the ego thought system, the world seems to be outside my mind and uh, is actually a consequence of everything that I've projected based on conditioning and um, and shared definitions of what reality is. And I was wrong. <laughs> uh, the thought system of truth is um, entirely based on love. And just like he says in this introduction, Love needs no definition. Its meaning is itself. Our goal is to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is our natural inheritance, the thought system of truth. And so, very simply, every time I bring an illusion to the truth, the illusion disappears. That's a miracle. It's a correction. It's the consequence of my willingness to look closely at my mind and ask, what is the truth of this? Very simply, forgiveness then becomes my willingness to withdraw what I've projected onto the world in error because I did not understand. Forgiveness is always for my mind and it involves the willingness to have Holy Spirit show me the truth. Illusions brought to truth disappear. And as a consequence of allowing miracles to be delivered to my mind, it's not something I do. It's something I allow. Just like forgiveness is something I allow by my willingness to to give up an illusion. And via the miracle 
the consequence of forgiveness my mind is delivered to the thought system of truth and it turns out in the thought system of truth everything is healed and holy because it's a consequence of seeing with vision and meaning is restored to my mind the thought system of the ego there is no meaning except the private meanings that I give to everything based on my mind's errors and when my mind is corrected the Holy Spirit can restore meaning to my mind and I find myself with my brother in the thought system of truth and identity that we both share and that's love and so every time I allow truth to be projected to my mind it's a consequence of willingness to let an error go to be corrected and I then come to understand the miracle is a correction um, beautiful discussion this morning and beautiful willingness to um, allow Holy Spirit to project truth in our minds and for that I'm very grateful and I'm edified um, by everyone's understanding of this one mind we share so thank you everyone and I look forward to our continued uh, sharing of miracle understanding it's been a beautiful beautiful call thank you I'm complete thank you and thank you everybody <laughs>